Melissa Harrison here with the latest edition of our Religion Unplugged podcast. Today we go to Sao Paulo, Brazil, where we find our executive director, Paul Gladder, joined by journalist Marilia Cesar. Marilia is a financial journalist at the newspaper Valor. She's written about religion and has authored four books. We want to take a few moments to learn more about her and her work. So let's join her conversation with Paul, where she's talking about her first book and the thesis behind it. Uh, my first book is about people who were uh, wounded in the name of Christ. This is the title, uh, Wounded in the Name of Christ. And uh, it is about... Um, this uh, exper uh, bad experiences uh, some Christians had in neo-Pentecostal churches, uh, which are growing a lot in Brazil and in ho whole South America. So uh, I myself uh, attended a, a church like that for many years, and at some point I realized that uh, the pastors were. Uh, having very abusive uh, relationships with the Christians and that uh, closed my, uh, catched my attention and then I felt that I should write about that. So it was a very successful book for Brazilian standards, it sold a lot and I believe it helped a lot of other uh, Christians who were having the same experience in other churches, but they didn't know how to um, talk about that. So this was my first book. Wow, yeah. I think, you know, this is parallel to our experience, many of our experience in the U.S. as well, with um, some, uh, let's call it spiritual abuse or something. And I think in our context, it takes the form of sometimes money, uh, pastors using money inappropriately or uh, using power in the way they advise people or even sexual abuse. We have the Me Too movement in our society. That's, you know, leaders in media, business have been uh, brought down from power because of it, but also in the church and uh, Catholic Church and the Protestant uh, Church. But what um, a lot of times we hear. Uh, people are pained and when we see a leader fall in the Christian church it it's it's it feels terrible you know because it, you wonder does it turn people away from the message of the gospel or the church but what was your experience when as the book came out and was successful sold very well what impact did it have on the church in Brazil do you think and uh, what was the response from Christian people I think the response was very positive in the way that many um, churches churches uh, came to me to ask for seminars and presentations about the subject of the book so I could go to some churches to talk about that and here in Brazil uh, we have uh, as in U US this financial abuse as well, a lot. Uh, we have some very well-known leaders uh, that uh, do this pro prosperity theology and they are like uh, known, famous uh, for 
asking money for everything and like uh, teaching how how to bargain with God <laughs> for asking God uh, his favors and in, in, in exchange of money, right? This is typical of the prosperity churches. But my book uh, talks as well about people who are very, um, how do you say, childish, childish, like uh, not mature Christians that uh, need to give the, the, oh my God, sorry about my English, is not so good. Um, people who want like a guru, uh, someone to look after her, uh, everything, every field of her life and someone to tell uh, him how to, who to marry, what job to accept, uh, what profession to follow, uh, like specific areas of his life and ask uh, advice for everything. Yeah. So this is very easy to, the abuse happens very easily when you have so, so many not mature, immature yeah. <laughs> Christians, right? So it's not only in the financial area, but in the emotional area, there is a lot of abuse also because people are immature. Yes, yes. And I think this is still happening a lot. And I believe it could be the occasion for a second edition of the book. Yes, yes. <laughs> because it's still, it, it, it's near 10 years now of the publication. Yeah. So it's still going on and the structures are, are still growing. So it's a really a big problem. Well, it's a big problem uh, all around, and yeah, I'm, I'm especially, uh, I grew up also, and I can relate to your experience, because I grew up uh, in, in this kind of thing, and even family members of mine are involved in lawsuits against a leader of a something like you're describing in the U.S., and it's sad for kids who are raised in it, who don't really have the choice, you know, they're just indoctrinated, and that affects uh, our, our view of God, you know. So uh, let's talk about your second, one of your other, I think it was your second book you told us about uh, related to a hot topic, which is gay people and God. Uh, a lot of our listeners, like me, we have friends who are both Christian and, and, and gay. And where is their place in the church? Nobody likes to talk about it, but you wrote a book about it. So what did you say in your book? Yes, this was a big problem for me in the beginning and um, I think this discussion here in Brazil it's only in the beginning not as advanced as it is in America or in other European countries uh, it's very much in the beginning and unfortunately because we have this we have have been having this problem for a long time. What do I call a problem? This um, hidden Christians, they are like disguised <laughs> inside the churches. They cannot say who they are. They cannot say how they feel. And their conflicts, their anguish, because they don't find the, the environment 
uh, warm enough to hear their uh, doubt, doubt their questions about this uh, homosexuality area of um, themselves. And um, when I started with this research, uh, many pastors, friends of mine, they said, oh, don't do that, don't write about that, because this is a mind area, you are going to be like, they are going to throw <laughs> stones in you. <laughs> Nobody likes to talk about this because it's a very stigmatized area and you, it will be very difficult for you. But I thought, I, I, every time I want to write a book, I pray a lot before writing and I always uh, ask God, what should I write about? What, uh, what is the subject that can make a difference, can help people who are suffering? Because I don't want to write about anything. You can write about anything, right? But there are only a few topics that can really uh, go to the heart of this people and I wanted to be used by God uh, with my writing on helping the suffering people who suffer inside the church and I believe my work is a little bit not not I'm not I am not comparing to him because he's like an idol to me Philip Yancey but I really try to follow his steps because because he writes wonderful books and he questions this important uh, things inside the, the church, right? So this was a very um, important and special book for me because I found really wounded people in this area of homosexuality and sexuality and who are pastors, who are people really faithful, not uh, like, uh, like uh, Christians pretend Christians, uh, really real Christians who take things seriously and who were suffering with this uh, area of sexuality and I tell their stories in the book and then I, I heard theolo theologists, I heard psychologists and people uh, many of many different areas to hear all the like opinions, different opinions about this this subject. So, so in both these first books, uh, so the audience knows you're you're a, a journalist, and it, you you told us also you do some religion writing in the business newspaper too. But uh, are you you writing opinion or you're doing reporting? It sounds like uh, interviewing. What's a little bit on your methodology for these books and for your religion articles in the newspaper? In the newspaper, we have a weekly session called, um, it's like me and culture. And uh, it's like a small magazine of cultural subjects. And every time I, I find the opportunity to suggest a story or an interview with some, someone who is um, preeminent in some area or some subject that is like hot in the Brazilian news uh, agenda. I try to suggest uh, people to talk a little bit about the religious aspects of that 
subjects. And so I, I made, uh, I did some good interviews, I think, for this uh, session. Uh, many times uh, interviewing like Christian scientists and uh, Christian uh, theologists uh, to discuss about prosperity, theology and other um, subjects that the newspaper doesn't really cover because they don't have anyone uh, to write about this this questions in the newspaper so it, it is a very um, cherished <laughs> work for me because every time I, I try to find an opportunity uh, how do we, we say in Portuguese one gancho like the um, the opportunity to, to write about that because there is another subject going on and I think uh, the newspaper is uh, happy with those uh, stories as well. Yeah, oh, it's so wonderful to hear because that's exactly the mission, a uh, part of our mission as at the media project, is to encourage people to do exactly what you're doing, which is to see how religion fits in the coverage, and that it's a topic that needs to be included. And so you're, it sounds exactly like you're doing that here. Um, I wanted to hear also about this book about a person I'm. You told us about that. I'm now I'm now fascinated with uh, a woman in politics here named Marina Silva. Yes. And for American listeners, you might think about someone like Erin Brockovich, the movie, or Alexandra Ocasio Cortez, a young politician who just rose. This Marina is some combination of that. But let's hear about the story and the subject of your book on Marina Silva. Was it called Marina the book? Okay, Marina. And who is this woman? Tell us. Okay, tell us about her. Uh, the book is called Marina Life with a Cause. And I, I wrote, it's like a biographical report. It's not like a definite, definite uh, bio, bio, biography. And it was written while she was a minister of the environment during the first mandate of Lula president who were uh, like a left-wing president, a very famous uh, left leader here in Brazil, popular. And uh, Marina was raised in, in the Amazon jungle in a small state called Acre, very poor state of Brazil. Uh, inside the Amazon uh, area, which is very big, in, in, includes like four or five states of Brazil, the Amazon forest. And Marina learned to, she came from the forest, uh, literally, and her father was like a rubber producer, uh, how do you say, seringueiro, who takes the, the latex from the trees that produce the latex to make the rubber. Wow. And they were like a very poor family living inside the forest and she she wanted since she was a child to to study to learn to read and she couldn't read because there was they were all illiterate they couldn't read or write and she manages to go to the uh, capital of Acre and 
with a lot of uh, trouble she had. She learned how to read and write when she was 16. And this woman is like an example of separation, of strength, of someone who really fought for her life. Many times she got very uh, gravely sick and she nearly died with um, a serious diseases that she got in the, the forest. And her life is like a movie, uh, <laughs> a movie, uh, theme right and I also I saw I sold the the, the rights of the oh. book for a for a, a movie maker here in Brazil a woman wow. but unfortunately because Marina was uh, she like uh, how do you say she broke with the left party that she belonged to she broke with PT and she went to the opposition doing opposition to the PT government who uh, which was starting to get accusations of corruption and she went to the opposition and because of that no one wanted to sponsor the movie about her life because the business people were afraid of being like uh, turned apart if they put money in in the movie uh, regarding Mar Marina's life they were afraid of being like, um, how, how do you say, uh, marginalized, like in, in the business, right? And so there is this uh, roteiro, <laughs> the roteiro, I don't know how to say roteiro, of the film, of the movie about her life based in the book. <laughs> so I wrote her story. I interviewed her many times she became a christian when she was like uh, 40 years old she came from a catholic uh, background but she converted to assemblea de deus god assemblies church and she's a very very faithful christian now and many many brazilians don't like her because specifically because of that because they think she is a fundamentalist, she is not so open-minded, and, and that is not true. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell you that that is not true. Wow, wow. It's, you told us you had access and long interviews with her for this, and I'm curious, um, she, I saw she ran for president three times, including last year, and was at one point looked very, like, was doing very well, as we know, we, we, you guys have Jer, uh, Jer Bolsonaro now as president here. He's also using uh, evangelical voters as one part of his base. Uh, they call the man Trump of the tropics up in, in our part of the, in, the, in the North America. That's what we call him. Or, uh, so what, I'm curious about her odds in the future. Do you think she wants to, as someone who knows her, who wrote a biography of her, does she want to continue in politics or is she steering... And may she run again for president, or is she steering away toward other things now? Well, I I couldn't tell precisely, but as far as I know, I don't believe she will run again for president. Because the message she got uh, last year in the elections uh, were uh, very negative. Uh, she, she went very badly. Uh, she got like 1% only of the votes because she was seen as a 
too soft <laughs> woman. They wanted someone like a macho style for president, <laughs> a macho man, a tough guy like uh, to address Brazilian many problems that we have of violence and corruption. And Brazilians voted for like a macho who is like our president now, uh, Jair Bolsonaro. His, his speech is of a violent, it's a violent speech and his uh, favors like uh, everybody has access to guns and uh, well, I, he's not, in some points he can be like compared to Trump, but like Trump has a very strong party and Bolsonaro has a really tiny little party and not, not expressive at all. So. Um, you could not really compare him to Trump, right? And uh, as far as I see, Marina will be like in the opposition, helping to uh, confront this uh, actual government because it is a, a government with many, many problems. No, she is not. She belongs to a party that she helped to create, that is called Hede. Uh, that means like net network. It means network, and uh, she is trying with this very small party as well to do the opposition against Bolsonaro. But with the message message she received last year, many very little votes. Uh, I don't believe she will run again. But I might be wrong. You never know. <laughs> Um, my last question for you before we wrap up, Marilia, is uh, what, what are your new projects, either books or topics you're working on for the newspaper? Well, I am working now, I'm starting to research about uh, female submission. How can you read these passages, Bible passages that talk about female submission uh, today in the 21st century? with the empowered women and this speech of women uh, empowerment and with uh, specific, specifically in Brazil we have really terrible uh, statistics about violence against women. They are really bad, like 90, 90 cases of aggression against women only in Sao Paulo every day, right? So many of these uh, ladies are evangelical uh, women and they like get beaten by their husbands or partners and they go to the church to complain for the pastors. Look, he's beating me, what should I do? And the pastors say, oh, you should pray for him, that he should be a better husband, that he really get uh, converted he comes to Christ and become a better man so she will spend the the rest of her days getting beaten and praying for her husband <laughs> right so the statistics says that uh, around 40% of the women on the violence doma uh, domestic violence uh, cases here in Brazil are evangelicals so these are terrible figures. So I want to write about that. What is the role of the church um, in helping to sustain this, these figures, 
right? And how could the churches address this question with another look, with another um, deal uh, differently uh, on this? Because uh, as you know, the Brazil has a very uh, machist, like machist uh, culture, and these figures for me are really terrible. So I wanted to write about that. This is my next project, and it has a title already. It will be called um, Eva's, like Eve's daughters. <laughs> oh, wow. Very cool. This is another important book, and you know, I wish some of these were in English or get translated at some point because this is very important topics and. It's been such a pleasure to meet you this week and to be in Brazil with the Media Project. Um, I want to say a few words that uh, we, we had a great week here with uh, Ronaldo Aragon from Peru was in town. Wesley Parnell from New York, our photojournalist and journalist came with and is going to be snapping a photo soon of Marilia. We are, if you're hearing little dog barking noises or engines revving, it's because we're sitting at a bakery, a cafe outside of church before going to church with Marilia and our friend Sergio. Sergio has been awesome showing us around the city and um, he's a social media influencer and, a, and a, uh, involved in the book industry here. And I want to have him tell our listeners where they can, if you read Portuguese and you want to read these books by Marilia, uh, where, where can they best find them? Sergio, any, and you want to make a quick comment about her work and where she, they can find her books? Um, I think uh, you can follow me on Twitter, Pavarini, or uh, Facebook, uh, Sergio Pavarini, on Instagram, Sergio Pavarini. <laughs> it's uh, it's very easy because uh, on Google, if you put my name, uh, you can uh, you can follow me or you can find my blogs and texts or something like that. It was a very g great pleasure stay uh, with you during this week during this marvelous week god bless you so much thank you sergio and for marilia's books i found them all on amazon if you want to buy them yes. and uh thank you so much again marilia great to meet you this week thank you it was very nice meeting you and the work that you're doing i think is great we really need this work of training more people, more journalists to write about aspects of religion, the importance of religion in the social and cultural areas that are not being covered proper, properly uh, by the, the other journalists that are not like Christians or religious. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks again, everyone. And for Religion Unplugged from Sao Paulo, Brazil, this is Paulo Gladder saying ciao. <laughs> Once again, you've been listening to a conversation between our executive director, Paul Gladder, and journalist Marilia Cesar. Please take a moment to follow our podcast and like us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also check us out online at religionunplugged.com and themediaproject.org.